Welcome to the Beach Catholic Podcast with Father Brian Barr. In this episode, you'll have the opportunity to listen to the Gospel and Father Brian Barr's homily from this past Sunday. As always, keep an eye out for our Q&A and discussion episodes. Until then, here's the Gospel from September 3rd, 2017, the 22nd Sunday in Ordinary Time. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer greatly from the elders, the chief priests, and the scribes, and be killed, and on the third day be raised. Then Peter took Jesus aside and began to rebuke him. God forbid, Lord, no such thing shall ever happen to you. He turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are an obstacle to me. You are thinking not as God does, but as human beings do. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Whoever wishes to come after me must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever wishes to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. What profit would there be for one to gain the whole world and forfeit his life? Or what can one give in exchange for his life? For the Son of Man will come with his angels in his Father's glory, and then he will repay all according to his conduct. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, Lord, Lord Jesus Christ. I got this um, thing I'd like to read to you here. It's, um, it's great. I love it. I love it. I uh, found this a couple of years ago. Uh, I think on the internet. In fact, I think I read it. I think I read it here at Mass once before, but it's worth uh, repeating. It was. Um, spoken or written by this uh, mother who had a, uh, a child who had Down syndrome. And uh, she was asked to, I guess, reflect on that, kind of what it's like to have a, a child with special needs. Um, listen to what she says here. I'm often asked to describe the experience of raising a child with a disability. To try to help parents who have not shared that unique experience to understand it, to imagine how it would feel. I think it's a little bit like this. When you're going to have a baby, it's like planning a fabulous vacation trip, say, to Italy. You buy a bunch of guidebooks and you make your plans, and you're very excited. The Colosseum, the Vatican, Michelangelo, the gondolas in Venice. You may learn some handy phrases in Italian, it's all very exciting. After months of anticipation, the day finally arrives. You pack your bags and off you go. Several hours later, the plane lands and the stewardess comes in and says, Welcome to Holland. Holland, you say. What do you mean Holland? I signed up for Italy. I'm supposed to be in Italy. All my life I've dreamed of going to Italy. But there's been a change in the flight plan. They've landed in Holland, and there you must stay. The important thing is they haven't taken you to a horrible, dangerous, dirty place. It's just a different place. So you must go out and buy new guidebooks now. And you must learn a whole new language. And you'll meet a whole new group of people that you never intended to meet. It's just a different place. It's slower paced than 
Italy, less flashy than Italy. But after you've been there for a while and you catch your breath, you look around and you begin to notice that Holland can be beautiful. It has windmills. Holland has tulips. Holland even has Rembrandts. But everyone you know is coming and going from Italy. And they're all bragging about what a wonderful time they had there. And for the rest of your life, you'll say, yes, that's where I was supposed to go. That's what I had planned. And the pain of that will never, ever completely go away. Because the loss of that dream is real and significant. But if you spend your life mourning the fact that you didn't get to Italy, you may never be free to enjoy the beauty of Holland. Isn't that great? Um, just really articulate. I was reading this article a couple of months ago, uh, and then I actually saw it on, it was kind of a fairly big story. I saw it on TV right around the same time. Um, I'll read part of this. This was coming out of uh, Iceland. With the rise of prenatal screening across Europe and the U.S., the number of babies being born with Down syndrome has significantly decreased. But few countries have come close to eradicating Down syndrome babies as Iceland. Since prenatal screening tests were introduced in the early 2000s, the vast majority of women, close to 100%, who received the positive test for Down syndrome terminate their pregnancy. So this is what one doctor says this, there hasn't been a baby born with Down syndrome in five years in Iceland. They say that's not literally true. There's probably been a few because there have been a couple of mistakes in terms of the testing and the results. Um, but essentially, zero. Another doctor says this, almost kind of like with pride, says we've eradicated Down syndrome in Iceland. Well, not really. <laughs> They've eradicated unborn babies who have Down syndrome in Iceland. It's not like they've cured something. They're just eliminating the people who have Down syndrome. They say it's really all about the, the genetic testing because you just you get a lot of information and sometimes it's wonderful it's like life-changing healing information so I'm not like you know you shouldn't have any prenatal testing but some say too much can create these moral dilemmas you kinda of get backed into a corner and you're faced with serious life questions and moral life questions And I think in those moments, any kind of moment, when you're talking about big questions, about right and wrong, I think we become forced to act, to think, in one of two ways. And I think Jesus kind of references these two ways in the gospel. Very simple. He just says there's the way 
God thinks, and then there's the way we think. And the purpose of Jesus, the reason Jesus was sent by the Father, the reason why we celebrate Christmas, God coming into the world, so that he would bring us to him. So we think more like him and less like we often tend to think. I mean, look at this gospel for a minute. Or rather, look at last week's gospel, if you remember it. I'll remind you, it was Jesus gets the apostles and he says, who do people say that I am? They give a couple of answers. Then he says, okay, now you guys tell me, who do you say that I am? And Peter kills it. He nails it. He says, you're the Christ. And Jesus says, that's it, you're right. You figured it out. So you are now the rock on which I will build this church. It's Peter's probably, well certainly one of his finest moments. Like it's that game you're in when, you know, you make this diving catch at, at shortstop and you end the game. You hadn't made that catch, they win the game. And they almost carry you off the field. It's like this moment you'll remember forever. Or it's even like when you're in class and the teacher asks a question and, you know, you raise your hand and you answer and the teacher's like, yes, that's exactly what I wanted. And you kind of get like this rush of excitement and, you know, everybody kind of looks like, oh, wow, you know, you, you scored points. Like these moments when we just, we get it, we got it right. Well, here's a moment, here's Peter's moment. He got it right. And you know what the next passage in the gospel is? You know what comes next after that? What I just read. So you got, yes, Peter, you, you got it. You are the rock. I build my church on you. And the next thing Jesus says to Peter is what I just read a few minutes ago. Get away from me, Satan. He goes from calling him the rock... The, you know, the, the, the first pope to Satan. Get away from me. Because you're wrong. The way you're thinking is the way people think. That's not the way I operate. And I don't want you operating that way. It's God's way, not the way of people. Because we more often than not, we get it wrong. Like, you're getting it wrong right now, Peter. You know, I think Jesus is saying this. I know he's saying this because he, he kind of fleshes it out in this gospel. What's the way God thinks as opposed to the way that we think? He's saying that it can't always be about us. Life, discipleship, like authentic living out of the life we've been giving, given, like really being followers of Christ, won't be easy. It won't be easy. And he's laying it out up front. That's where, that's where Peter says, God forbid, no way. That would never happen. And that's where Jesus goes crazy. He's like, get away from me. You're wrong. This is a part of life. It's a part of discipleship. It can't always be about what I want, or my plan, or my agenda, or my comfort. 
And think about it. Let's be honest. At times in our lives, when, when I make whatever it is going on in my life about me, my comfort, my agenda, what I want, very often, I mess things up. I'm just thinking about myself. And I'm not looking beyond my world. And I usually walk around with regrets. I mean, isn't that the difference in a way between Holland and Iceland? The Holland mom, I mean, she wasn't even from Holland. It was just the image she used. She said, yeah, this wasn't what we expected. And it wasn't what we asked for. We had dreams that were different. Like the dreams that most of us have. To be parents of, you know, quote, healthy babies. And this isn't what we, this isn't what we deserved. But I think implicit in everything she says is, yeah, but it wasn't about us. There were other things and other ones to consider. And that's scary. I mean, that's difficult. I'm telling you right now, I wouldn't want those tests if I was married and my wife is expecting. I wouldn't want that. I wouldn't want to be, I wouldn't want to be pushed into that kind of a decision. We're all capable of being Peter. We've all been there. We've all made wrong choices. Choices more about self than other. How many of you here have actually, speaking of Italy, how many of you have been to Italy? Show of hands. How many of you have been to St. Peter's Basilica? Probably, you know, if you go to Rome, for sure, I guess you go. It's unbelievable, isn't it? I mean, it's just, I remember going to it and it was... I was just sort of speechless when I walked in. I remember just like looking up and I was like overwhelmed by the immensity of the place. I mean, it makes St. Patrick's Cathedral look small. Like, really makes it look small. That's how massive it is. You know what? If you look up top in the dome, there are these giant words that are uh, in Latin. It's a Latin quote around the top of the dome. If you look up, you can't miss it. And it's last week's gospel. It's Jesus talking about Peter last week. You are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. His great moment, his game-winning catch, is sort of highlighted up there. You know what they also probably should have put up? Maybe a little further below? Not as prominent, but somewhere to be seen? Get behind me, Satan. You're thinking like people and not like God. Because Peter was capable of both. We're capable of both. And I think that the quicker we acknowledge that, the quicker we face that, like I think it's good to know that, man, you know what? I know where I'm not strong. I know, when I, I know where and when I can get weak. I know the areas where temptation has a real hold over me. And I need to be humble before that and about that. Because if I'm not, I'm off to the races. I'm making mistakes. Even when I am aware of it, sometimes I am. But at least to be sort of humble and honest about it. 
that we are very capable, good people, good people that we are, we're capable in, in weak moments of, you know, some serious regret. And I think, like, man, there's such freedom in kind of acknowledging that instead of defending it, instead of justifying it, instead of building some sort of excuse, justification for something I've, I've done in the past or somewhere I've gone. I'd be like, no, I, I just, I panicked. I wasn't strong. I did just think about myself. I just, I wish I had been stronger. I mean, just to kind of face it. That's what I love about the church. That's what I love about our faith. We don't hide, we don't hide the, the scars and the warts. We talk about Peter's negative as much we do, as we do about his positive. We're getting some pretty serious negative in this gospel. Get away from me, Satan. So we're capable of both. You know, I was in, uh, I guess it was just about a, a year ago, probably right around this time, I was going into the city. And I was on the train, and I, I was at the Jamaica station waiting to get a, you know, another train. And I met a friend, or a friend of a friend, really, so on the platform. So we just talked for a couple of seconds and a little bit of small talk. And then as we were getting ready to leave, he said to me, hey, do me a favor. Can you say, uh, say a prayer for my daughter? And he told me she had just gone away to college. She'd been away about a week. She was a freshman. And she said she just, he just had this sort of troubled look. He looked very worried about her. And I, I said, yeah, why? And he said, she's just she's not happy. She's got uh, a couple of nightmare roommates. And, uh, and she's just homesick. She hasn't connected yet with a, a group of solid kids. And she just wants out. She wants to come home and... I could just see the look in this poor guy's face. Like, he so much wanted to just go get her. <laughs> he's just like a dad loving his girl. It was like, he just wanted, his heart was like, I just want to pick you up and take your pain away. But like, he knew he couldn't, I think. He wasn't saying, I'm going to get her. He was asking me to say a prayer for her. The prayer was like, help her to get strong. Help her to kind of stick it out. Help some good kids to come into her life. It wasn't like, I'm going to go get her. I think it was like he knew this is where she had to be. And right now, it was just, it was tough. And it was killing him. You know, sort of doing kind of a hands-off approach. But I think he was doing what was right. By the way, she's, she's now a sophomore and she's fine. At the same school. It all kicked in. It worked. But there was that period where it was just tough. And our instinct, our kind of human instinct, is to just kind of, for people we love, is to go to the rescue. I mean, right? Isn't that, doesn't that make sense? But then you, got, you have Jesus talking in this gospel about his way and the way we need to be. And what he says is what gets Peter saying, no way, God forbid. And you get Jesus saying, would you shut up? This is the way it's got to be. This is life. And a noble life, a principled life, a fulfilled life, is going to be one which is going to have moments of the cross. Moments of uncertainty. Moments of fear. Jesus says discipleship will be about taking up a cross. And about self-denial. About losing your life. And then gaining it in the process. About it not being about us. About it not being about Iceland. 
about it about it, it being about us being like the Holland mom. Look at the last couple of days here at this awesome church, parish, city. And what happened in that hall and out in front for 72 hours. This just unbelievable, oh wow, there you go, nice. I didn't even know you were going to do that. Look at that picture. Man, that ought to be like, if we needed like a, a, a St. Mary's portrait, I, I, that ought to be it almost. It sounds crazy, but how awesome is that? And what was that? That was a lot of things, but I think at least it was it, for sure this. People thinking beyond themselves. People saying, that's not about me. It's Labor Day weekend, and I could be somewhere else, but I'm not. I'm going to be here for people I don't even know. And I'm going to sacrifice. I'm going to take money and I'm going to give it, to, I'm going to give it away. On a certain level, I'll lose part of myself. And on a very real level, you know what happens then? We gain our lives. You know what was the, maybe the best thing about those last three days? The looks on the faces of all of these great people. They just looked so happy. They were so driven. It was like we were just doing what has to be done. It's like they were on a mission. They were on a mission. It's the mission of the Christian. It's the mission Jesus talks about in this gospel today. It's Jesus saying, no, Peter, it's not just about us. No, Iceland, it's not just about your needs and your plan. There's more at stake than number one. There's God's people, and we killed it the last couple of days. So it is about a mission. Maybe before the mission, it's like, okay, there's God's way and there's my way, and I gotta get. I mean, I know I live in my way of thinking more than I should. Like the mission of the, the goal of it all is, I want to think like Jesus. I want to see the world the way He sees the world. I want to treat people the way He treated people. And my gut and my instinct isn't always that way. And to just be honest about that, and then be like, I want to get to the other side. That's where I want to visit. Visit Holland. And take a pass on Iceland. Thank you for listening to this week's homily. Once again, keep an eye out for our discussion and our Q&A episodes. Don't forget, if you've got a question for Father Brian, you can send an email to beachcatholicpodcast at gmail.com. Or you can connect with us at facebook.com slash beachcatholicpodcast. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the podcast by downloading the iTunes app for iPhones and the Stitcher app for all other devices. And as always, please share with your loved ones. We'll be back next week, and until then, God bless.